Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with Jeremiah's prophecy to Hananiah, as we pick up in Jeremiah, chapter 28, verse 1. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Now, in chapter 28... It came to pass the same year, the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, the king of Judah, in the fourth year, in the fifth month, that Hananiah, the son of Azar, the prophet, which was in Gibeon, he spake unto me in the house of the Lord, in the presence of the priest and all of the people, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. Within two full years will I bring again into this place all the vessels of the Lord's house that Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, took away from this place and carried them to Babylon. Now, this was the prophecy that Jeremiah had spoken against earlier. Those guys are saying, two years, it's all coming back. And so here is Jeremiah standing there, and this guy makes this prophecy. I will bring them again to this place, Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, with all of the captives of Judah that went into Babylon, saith the Lord, for I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. And then Jeremiah, the prophet, said unto this false prophet Hananiah in the presence of the priests and the people that stood there in the house of the Lord, Jeremiah said, all right, so be it. May the Lord do that and perform your words which you've prophesied to bring again the vessels of the Lord's house and all that is carried away captive from Babylon to this place. Nevertheless, hear thou now this word that I speak in your ears and in the ears of all the people. The prophets that have been before me and before thee of old prophesied both against many countries and against great kingdoms of war and evil and of pestilence. The prophet which prophesied of peace When the word of the prophet shall come to pass, then shall that prophet be known that the Lord hath truly sent him. Now, Jeremiah says, look, people prophesied before and we'll believe you when we see the peace. When we see the things here back, then we'll believe you. So this Hananiah, going one step further, took the yoke off of Jeremiah's neck and he broke it. And Hananiah spake in the presence of all the people, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Even so will I break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, from the neck of all of the nations, where in the space of two full years. And the prophet Jeremiah went his way. And then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, after Hananiah had broken the yoke from off of his neck. And he said, Go and tell Hananiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, You have broken the yokes of wood, but you shall make for them yokes of iron. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have put a yoke of iron upon the neck of all of these nations that they may serve Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, and they shall serve him, and I have given him the beast of the field also. Then said the prophet Jeremiah to Hananiah the prophet, Hear now, Hananiah. The Lord hath not sent thee, but you're making the people to trust in a lie. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will cast thee from off the face of the earth. This year you will die, 
because you have taught rebellion against the Lord. So Hananiah the prophet died within a month, actually, because this word came to Jeremiah in the fifth month. He died in two months. In the seventh month, Hananiah died. Now Jeremiah sent this letter, chapter 29, to those Jews that were in Babylon. And of course, uh, this letter was sent uh, to them. And one of the chief of the princes that was in Babylon was Daniel. So Daniel was the one, no doubt, that received this letter from Jeremiah. Daniel was a captive in Babylon at the time, and this letter was sent by the prophet Jeremiah to those captives. Now, uh, of course, Jeremiah is, a, is an older man at this point, whereas Daniel is quite a young man at this point. Now, these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the residue of the elders which were carried away captives and to the priests and the prophets and to all of the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. After that, Jeconiah the king and the queen and the eunuchs and the princes of Judah, princes of Judah would have included Daniel, and the carpenters and the smiths were departed from Jerusalem. By the hand of Elisha, the son of Shaphan, uh, this was the guy who carried the letter to Babylon, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. Take wives and have children, sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands that they may bear sons and daughters that you might be increased there in the land and not diminish. diminish. Now, Rather than you're coming back in two years as the false prophets were holding up a hope to them, Jeremiah is saying, hey, look, settle down, build your houses, plant your gardens, you know, start having children. You're going to be there a while and no sense of, you know, the population being diminished while you're there. Seek the peace of the city where I've caused you to be carried away captives. In other words, don't rebel, but live peaceably with them. Seek their peace. And pray unto the Lord for it, for in the peace thereof ye shall have peace. As long as the Babylon has peace, you will have peace. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, let not your prophets and your diviners that are in the midst of you deceive you, neither hearken to your dreams which ye cause to be dreamed. For they prophesy falsely unto you in my name. I have not sent them, saith the Lord. For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. Now, in the ninth chapter of the book of Daniel, we read, in the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. 
So Daniel's making a reference now to this letter that had been placed in the book form of the prophecies of Jeremiah. And having read them and understood by the prophecy of Jeremiah that the 70 years that were predicted of their Babylonian captivity were just about over, he began to seek the Lord. But here is interesting to me how the Bible ties together. Here is the letter that Jeremiah is sending to those in Babylon, among them, of course, one of the chief being Daniel. Daniel was there when the letter arrived, and Daniel was there 70 years later. So at that point, Daniel was probably in his 90s when he realized, hey, the 70 years are about over. It's about time to go home, you know. And he was probably in the late 80s or early 90s. We had a beautiful lady here this morning, 97 years old. And, you know, she said, the Lord first spoke to me when I was 15 years old, and I've been walking with him for 82 years. Oh, envy, envy, envy. <laughs> walking with the Lord. I said, oh, just talk to me. I want to gain from your experience of walking with the Lord. Beautiful. And all she showed it on her face, just a beautiful countenance. David said, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night, for he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, bringing forth his fruit in his season, and his leaf also shall not wither. I saw a unwithered 97-year-old leaf today. It's beautiful. <laughs> just, just beautiful. Sorry, honey, but I fell in love with her. <laughs> For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years are accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place after 70 years. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, they are thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end or to bring you to a good end. Now, if you follow your own thoughts, if you rebel against the king of Babylon, then you're going to have a disastrous end. If you will obey me and follow my words, I'm thinking about you. I haven't forgotten you. I'm thinking about you. And my thoughts concerning you are those of peace. I, I'm desiring your peace. I'm not desiring evil for you. Now, I haven't forgotten you. So many times that we're in captivity or we're having great problems, we think, oh, God's forgotten me. God's not thinking of me anymore. Oh, that's not so. God is thinking of you. But God is always looking down at the end of the road. Our common mistake is that we are always looking for immediate advantage, immediate fulfillment. And we don't consider the end result or the consequences of the things that we are doing. How many times we jump into things not considering what the end result is. Oh, but it looks exciting. It looks fun. Let's jump in. And God is warning, and he's saying, no, the end of that path is destruction. Now, I'm thinking about you. Don't think I've forgotten you. I am thinking about you. 
and my thoughts concerning you are for your peace to bring to you this expected end. So then shall ye call upon me, and then shall ye go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. Now, if you'll go back to Daniel when you have a chance, I'm not going to tonight, but when you have the chance, go back to Daniel, the ninth chapter, when he understood from the prophecy of Jeremiah that the 70 years were about over, what did he do? He began to fast and pray because the Lord said, then shall ye call upon me, when? After the 70 years. And ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. So here is Daniel following the word of the Lord. And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. I think that one of our problems is that we oftentimes have a half-hearted attitude towards God. We're not really seeking God with all of our heart. Well, God, if you want to, you know I'm here. And you can do it for me if you desire. I won't stop you, Lord. And we oftentimes take a very passive attitude towards God, towards the things of God, rather than really seeking God with all of our hearts. Now, there have been a few times in my life when I have really gotten desperate before God. But I'm amazed at how much it takes to make me really desperate before God. I'm sort of a kickback individual. And I sort of take things in stride. Learn to just sort of roll with the punches and, oh well, it'll work out. But there have been occasions where God really brought me to a place of real desperation where I can say, I really sought God with all my heart. One was in the sickness of our youngest daughter who was the light of our life. God gave her as a special gift to us. Well, all of our children are special gifts. They're just beautiful. We thank God for each one of them. But this youngest one, we were older, more mature, able to enjoy her more because we just had a little more maturity. We didn't know what we were doing when we had our first kids. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden, my biological process is your parents, but no one trained us or, or <laughs> taught us in how to parent. And so the fact that our kids have turned out good is only the grace of God, not our wisdom. We didn't know what we were doing. But by the time you have your fourth, you know a little bit. And you're a little older, more matured, more experienced. She was a joy, the light of our life. But she was running a high fever, had been running this fever for a couple of days, sat up all night holding her, just praying unto the Lord to heal her. And the fever kept high. And as I was holding her, she went into convulsions, and I thought I was losing her. Her little body stiffened up, and the whole thing, and I thought, oh, this is it. And I'll tell you, I began to seek God with all my heart. I was desperate before God. And I said, God, you know that I treasure this little gal 
so highly. I would gladly lay down my life for her, Lord. I would much rather be sick than to see her sick. I would gladly, Lord, lay down my life for her. I love her so much, but yet, God, if it is your will and your purpose to take her, to be with you, I give her to you, Lord. She's your child, but please, God, I would love to have her still. But I mean, I was seeking God with all my heart. My wife had called the doctor. We bundled her up and started rushing off to the doctor with her. But before we ever got to the doctor, she was completely healed. Fever was gone, and she was smiling, laughing, and back to her beautiful, cute little self again. We got her in the doctor. She said, well, looks fine to me. <laughs> he said to Kay, how long since you've had a tetanus shot? She said, I don't know. He says, well, no use wasting time. We'll give you a tetanus shot while you're here, you know. <laughs> Kay got the shot. <laughs> in the day the Lord said, you seek me with all of your heart. The Bible says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. How many times are we really fervent? How many times are we really desperate before God? How many times do we really seek God with all of our hearts? God said, in that day, I'll be found of you. He doesn't really like us to come with a half-hearted attitude, but with a total commitment. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all of the nations and from all of the places, whether I have driven you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you again into the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. Because you have said, The Lord hath raised us up prophets in Babylon. Know that thus saith the Lord the King that sits on the throne of David, and of all the people that dwell in this city and of your brothers that are not gone forth with you into captivity, thus saith the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will send upon them the sword and the famine and the pestilence and will make them like vile figs that cannot be eaten. They are so evil. A reference back to the message uh, there in the courts of Zedekiah where God said those that were carried away were good figs, but those that were left were going to be like rotten figs and be destroyed, nothing left, no value to them. And I will persecute them with the sword and with famine and with pestilence and will deliver them to be removed to the kingdoms of the earth to be a curse, an astonishment, a hissing, a reproach among all of the nations, whether I have driven them. Because... They have not hearkened to my words, saith the Lord, which I sent unto them by my servants, the prophets, rising up early and sending them. But you would not hear, saith the Lord. Hear ye therefore the word of the Lord, all ye of the captivity whom I have sent from Jerusalem to Babylon. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, of Ahab, and God is speaking of Ahab, the son of Coliah and Zedekiah. Now, who these two guys are, we don't know. They're not mentioned anyplace else in Scripture. But they were a couple of the false prophets that were prophesying lies in the name of the Lord. So God speaks out against Ahab and Zedekiah, whoever they may be. Not the Ahab the king, nor Zedekiah the prophet of the future. But these are just two, two guys. 
Behold, I will deliver them into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, and he shall slay them before your eyes. These two false prophets. And of them shall be taken up a curse by all of the captivity of Judah, which are in Babylon, saying, The Lord make thee like Zedekiah and like Ahab. So you want to curse somebody, uh, you'll say, Well, the Lord make you like Ahab, <laughs> whom he said Nebuchadnezzar burned in the fire. So Nebuchadnezzar evidently had a, a you know, the, the burning fiery furnace was his way of, of uh, publicly getting rid of, of those who would rebel against him. And it is interesting that here in Jeremiah, there's a reference to his old burning fiery furnace. It consumed Ahab and Zedekiah, but it could not consume uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So... Uh, here is another reference to that old burning fiery furnace whom he burned, he roasted in the fire. So you want to really curse someone, well, the Lord make you like Zedekiah, you know, may he roast you with fire. We'll continue with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Jeremiah in our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Jeremiah 28 through 29 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. Now may the hand of the Lord be upon your life to watch over you, to guide you, and to strengthen you for the things that you'll be facing this week. May you just again be open to the things of the Spirit, that God might lead you in His way of righteousness and truth. May the blessings of the Lord be upon you through all of your activities as you walk with Him in an ever-increasing faith, fellowship, in Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. The 1960s became one of the most colorful periods in American history. The counterculture was dropping out and turning on. The Summer of Love was the stage for many dramas of change and the most popular musical group in the world was singing All You Need Is Love. But one man in Southern California was reaching out with the answer, and the truth began to set people free. 
author and pastor Chuck Smith began to share the love of Jesus Christ with a generation that was looking for love in all the wrong places. Now some 40 years later, the gospel of love is still changing lives. In his book simply titled, Love, The More Excellent Way, Pastor Chuck Smith expounds upon the love that can change your life now and forever. For more information on how to obtain your copy, visit a bookstore nearest you or call 1-800-272-WORD or visit us online at thewordfortoday.org. That's thewordfortoday.org.